And we're talking about that this morning. We're talking about your gifts. We're talking about bringing your gifts to bear on the body of Christ, on the church, on your family, um, on your friends at work, uh, allowing God to use your giftedness, the things that he's gifted you with, to be a blessing to others. And so we're in this series called Essentials, and we actually view using your gift as an essential. Let's just uh, do a little review. First week we talked about grace. Remember, uh, everything is built upon grace, right? We wouldn't be here today in this room if it weren't for grace, the grace of Jesus. And then after grace comes growth. Growth is an essential, and you've got to let uh, the Holy Spirit work on your heart to bring growth into your life. You've got to allow the Word of God to bring growth into your life. And then last week, Pastor Steve talked about glorify, or we called it worship. Uh, And remember, he pointed out that worship is not just singing. Worship is not just what we did this morning, although that's a part of it. But worship is really like Romans 12 says, bringing your whole life, your whole body to God as a living sacrifice of worship. And that really ties in with what we're talking about today, and it's gifts. You know, hospitality is a gift, isn't it? And it's a gift that God wants every single one of us to use. This morning, I woke up in a house that's not my own. I woke up in a bed that's not my own. I took a shower in a shower that's not my own. I enjoyed the hospitality of some people, Stephen Liu, who said to my wife and myself, uh, we understand that you're remodeling a house and you can't live there, so why don't you move into our house for six months? Why don't you move into our house? We're going to go to Florida, move into our house, live in our house, uh, eat our food, use our spices, take showers in our shower. Now listen, folks, sleep in our bed. Now, how many of you would give your bed to some other people to sleep in? You know, but that's what they said, and that's hospitality. Now, Steve and Lou, we're not the only ones that they have done this for. Steve and Lou have discovered the truth that there's something that's more fun than having stuff, and what's more fun than having stuff is sharing your stuff with people who need your stuff. And they've discovered that, and we call that hospitality. And this can range from anything from taking somebody out for lunch or for coffee all the way to giving your house to somebody to use while they're building their own. You know, last Sunday, our small group met out at Patrick and Katie's house, and my wife and I were a little early, and we walked in, and Katie was there, and we walked into the backyard, and she had the whole backyard set And ready for her small group and she had been spending several hours that day getting ready and she was currently pulling pork And getting ready for carnitas. How many of you love carnitas? She was getting ready for us to eat carnitas and that's the gift of hospitality It's just sharing what you have it's taking the time to serve and to give your life to somebody and it's hospitality Now I want to say something to you about hospitality today Hospitality is entry-level Hospitality is what we should be doing all the time, every day in our lives, finding ways to share what we have, finding ways to give what we have, finding ways to bless other people with what we have. It's entry level. And it's very important. It's so important that God mentions it in his word to us several times. And I think it's important because, to me, hospitality represents what God has done for us. Think about it, right? God has opened his home. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Who said that? Jesus, right? So God has opened his home to us, and he's given us his best gift, Jesus, to pay for our sin that we could not pay for ourselves. So hospitality is entry level. Peter wrote it like this. 
He said, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest, be disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay or need a place for six months, right? Cheerfully share your home. And I want you to notice what Peter says here. He says, most important of all, most important of all, show love to one another. How? Through the gift of hospitality. So one of the ways that we can use uh, one of these gifts that God has given us is simply to share what we have with one another. But this morning, as we think about gifts being an essential in our life, and the fact that we become all God wants us to become through the using of our gifts. That's how it happens. We become, we reach our potential by using the gifts that God has placed in us. God has given us gifts besides hospitality. And God wants us to share those gifts with one another. Now here's the cool thing. Not only does this bless the people that you share your gift with. But like, uh, like Stephen Liu have discovered, this blesses you as well. There's some research that has happened, and it turns out that God has, has actually created us to be blessed when we help other people. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because we're created in His image, and God is a blessing-giving God, so wouldn't it make sense that God um, blesses us when we help and bless others? Jesus even described the Holy Spirit as a helper. That's one of the names and one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is the word helper. And we're going to think about that word helper a little bit this morning. In John 14, 26... Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And then there's this beautiful scripture in Psalm uh, 46 that God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. And then I think about this one as I look at the mountains that have appeared on our stage the last couple of weeks. I think about this, and you know what I'm going to say, right? I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So so God in his character and in his nature is a helper. And if we're going to become like him, then we become people who enter into this world of offering help to one another. Whatever people need, that's what we do. So just as God comes alongside us to help us in our times of trouble, so we represent him best. Listen, we represent God best. When we use the gifts that he's given us to come alongside others and simply help them. Even the world knows this. Even the secular world knows this. Just this past April, the University College of London published the results of research that was done in this very area of what happens to us when we help. And I'm going to give you the top ten benefits of helping. Here it is. This is from the world now. This is not even from the Bible. Here it is. Number one, helping others feels good. How many of you could use a little feel good these days? Yes, helping others feels good. When you help someone, it builds new pathways in the brain. It actually does. So helping changes your brain. Number two, helping creates a sense of belonging. You get connected in community when you become a helper. And this reduces feelings of loneliness in your life. And it helps you to feel connected, not isolated. You know, yesterday I got to help my son-in-law install a dishwasher. And the last dishwasher I installed was maybe 30 years ago. I really didn't have much to offer. But I said, I'd like to come alongside you and help you and, and do what I can. So together, uh, we're working with this dishwasher, getting it ready to go in, right? And so we spend the day doing this. And we were heading to the parts store because how many of you know anything appliance means several trips to the hardware store, right? So we're heading to the hardware store. 
And he looks at me and he says, hey, thank you so much for giving up your day to help me. And my response was this, Evan, I just love being with you. I love spending time with you. So I'm glad that we can have this time together that we wouldn't have because we just don't normally hang out. We wouldn't have this time if it weren't for the fact that we were doing this project together. And so helping builds this sense of community and, and, and reduces feelings of being alone when you're trying to put in an appliance, right? How many of you know you need help, don't you? Number three, helping gives me a sense of purpose. Volunteering enhances my overall sense of purpose and identity. Making a difference in someone's life is rewarding. Number four, helping keeps things in perspective. You know, especially when you help somebody that has a worse problem than your own. When I go to India, when I go to Haiti, when I go to Nepal, man, the lights come back on again that that these people have it worse than I do. And so helping somebody, you know, particularly in a worse condition than you, brings a sense of perspective to your own circumstances. Number five, helping is contagious. When you help people, they want to help people. And so you just spread the love, right? Helping can, number six, helping can help you live longer. It's been proven that helping is a de-stressor. When you help other people, I think it's because it's you get to see their problems, right? You help other people, it reduces the stress in your own life, and you live longer. Number seven, helping gives me a sense of renewal. Helping others can teach me to help myself. You know, if I'm going through a tough experience right now, and I help somebody else through a tough experience, it can help me feel renewed in my own life. Number eight, helping boosts how I feel about myself. It's been proven that people who help others have a higher sense of self-esteem. And so helping others actually boosts how you feel about yourself. Number nine, helping create stronger friendships. You know, all the volunteers that help here in Kids Place or help here in the Anchor or help here in the Edge, dozens and dozens of people get this sense of community and this sense of, of belonging and, this, and these new friends that come into their lives because they, they come around people who are helping the same way they are. And so they build these friendships. And number 10, helping helps me become a glass half full type person. You know what that means, right? There are glass half empty people and there are glass half full people. You can actually become a half full person by how you help others. So those are the top 10 worldly ways of the way that helping benefits yourself, having a positive impact on your life. This is just humanly speaking. Now God has upped the level of what helping can do in our lives. And God has graced us with spiritual gifts that go above and beyond these even created gifts that he's given us, that the whole world enjoys. God's given us spiritual gifts that take us beyond our human ability and take us into this spiritual realm where it's essential to use these gifts that he's given us. Because these gifts bring us to our full potential. So Peter writes to us in 1 Peter 4. If you want to turn there in your Bibles this morning. 1 Peter 4. There's several places that God talks about gifts in the Word. And this is just one of them. And Peter writes, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve each other. How does God want us to use our gifts? Serve each other, not show off, not build a reputation, but God wants us to use our gifts to serve each other. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? That's a gift. 
Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power and honor to him forever and ever. Listen, this is what happens when you share your gift. And here's what sets you apart from the world. When you share your gift with the intention to make life better for somebody and to glorify Christ, then everything about your life becomes worship. Everything about your life becomes like Pastor Steve talked about last week. When you share your gift with the intention of glorifying Christ and the intention of benefiting others, uh, everything about your life becomes a life of worship. You use your gifts to serve others, and worship becomes essential in your life. Now, let's ask a couple of questions today. Um, how, do I, how do I share my gift to, uh, to bless others? How do I share my gift to make a difference in other people's lives? Three things I want to mention today. First of all, I must admit, I must admit that I actually have a gift. I must admit I have a gift. You'd be surprised how many people I run into say, man, I don't, I don't think I have a gift. Or, I don't know what my gift is. Or, you know, my gift isn't like everybody else's. And so I don't think I have much to share. And I want to I debunk that thought this morning, okay? So number one in your notes today, you have to admit, I have a gift to help others with. You've got to become aware of your gift. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Can you say each of us this morning? Each of us. Who is a spiritual gift given to? Each of us. Every single one of us. Have a spiritual gift. Even if you have said for years, I don't, I don't have a gift or I don't know what it is. You have a spiritual gift. God has given you a spiritual gift. And why did he give it to you? So we can help each other. We can help each other. Again, spiritual gifts, and the church took this sideways for so long. Spiritual gifts are not meant so that you can show off in church or so that you can build a reputation of being more spiritual than everybody else. Spiritual gifts are given so we can help each other. Spiritual gifts should be used in the trenches of life. Every day when you're at work, there should be spiritual gifts that you're using as you interact with your workmates. At home with your families, there should be spiritual gifts that you're bringing to bear upon your children or upon your spouse. Every moment of life is an opportunity for spiritual gifts to be used. You know, last week after church, a dear sister who I love came up to me. And normally she just says hi. Normally we just greet each other like we often do, right? Um, But this time she stopped me. And I don't know if God told her that I needed this or what have you, but she stopped me and she said to me, Pastor Kurt, I just want to thank you for being my pastor. I just appreciate you so much. Now, I don't know if you think I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot, but you can always hear it more, right? And so in that moment from this person, as she interrupted my day of greeting people and, and saying hi to people, she stopped me. And she, I believe, had a word of encouragement for me that God knew I needed in the moment. And Because this has been a tough time to lead. It honestly has. It's been a tough season of leadership. And she stopped me and she said to me, I appreciate you. And she was using the gift of encouragement. We call it prophecy. 
Uh, maybe you think prophecy is just, you know, John the Baptist out in the wilderness or, you know, uh, Isaiah or Daniel or somebody like that in the old days. No, prophecy in the church today is giving an encouraging word to somebody from the Lord. It's just encouraging somebody or exhorting somebody or comforting somebody. And she took the time to do that. You see how simple that is? You see how simple that is? We can use the gift of prophecy, which, by the way, is the gift that Paul said, I want you all to have. I want everybody in the church to have it. Well, it makes sense because the gift of prophecy makes us encouragers. We encourage one another with the gift of prophecy. So you have a gift. And I want to suggest that it's highly probable you're already using this gift. You maybe just don't know it yet. You're probably already using this gift. But I want you to connect the dots today that we serve the Lord when we become intentional with our gift. And we glorify the Lord when we become intentional with our gift. When we recognize our gift and we say, I'm going to give this gift on behalf of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And and that becomes worship and that becomes glorifying to God. We serve to love. And this is essential in our growth uh, with Christ. We don't serve for a paycheck. We don't serve out of guilt. We don't serve for a reputation. We serve simply as a response to God's amazing love for us. Now, Romans 12 is another place that there's a list of what uh, are called the motivational gifts. And I want you to take a moment and mark somewhere on a piece of paper or mark on your phone or if you're at home, do it on your notes or if you're here on the app, do it on your notes. Just mark the gift that you think is most likely is your gift. And, and the reason you'll know is that you just feel most comfortable in it or that it's just a place of passion for you. So take a moment and mark one gift out of these gifts I'm going to read to you. Romans 12, verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy or encouraging people, then do it with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, you just like to come alongside and and install a dishwasher, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And some of you are saying, boy, I'm glad that that lets me off the hook. Only the people with the gift have to be kind. No, not true. God wants us all to be kind, generally speaking. But some people just have this gift where kindness drips off their life, right? And they come alongside and they're just kind to people. I love kind people. I think it's pretty awesome. So here's the deal. The idea is to identify your gift and then to leverage your gift and then to become intentional about using your gift. And then secondly, you've got to believe that your gift is significant. You've got to believe your gift is significant. So first of all, admit you have a gift and try to figure out what it is. And then you've got to believe that your gift is significant. Otherwise, you'll never use it. You know, you can minimize your gift, what you can do to help people or to serve people. And when you minimize your gift, now hear me, when you minimize your gift, you minimize God. I I can't say it any more, uh, you know, simply than that. But when you minimize your gift and when you say, I don't have a gift, you're actually minimizing God because God says, yes, you do. I gave you one. And so you're minimizing God when you minimize your gift. You're really saying, you know, God, the gift you gave me, 
isn't as significant as the gift you gave Job. The gift you gave me just doesn't do as much as what other people's gift does. And what I want to say to you today is that every gift from God's perspective is incredibly significant. And so discovering what our gift is and beginning to flow in our giftedness is so important because not only does it bless the body and build up the kingdom, but it also blesses you and brings growth into your life. Every gift is significant. I don't know if you remember this story, but one day Jesus was teaching a bunch of people. You know, there were like 5,000 people and Jesus was teaching them and lunchtime came. Remember this story? Lunchtime came and um, he told his disciples, he said, go and find some food for these people. Uh, go find food for 5,000 people. Can you imagine? They didn't even have the restaurants that we have. And even if they did, how do you find food for 5,000 people, right? And so the disciples are like, how are we going to do this? There's no food for miles. And Jesus is like, really? No food? And so then they go, well... And we pick up the story in John chapter 6, verse 9. They go, well, there is a boy. There is a boy. And Jesus is like, I thought you said there was no food. (laughs) And they go, no, well, there is a boy who has five loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Like, how could you possibly, Jesus, how could you possibly use what this little boy has? It's only five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus says, make the people sit down. Now, there was a great deal of grass in that place. I just find it funny that they mentioned that. There was a great deal of grass in that place, and so they sat down. What would they have done if there was no grass? They sat down, about 5,000 in all, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks to the Father, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. Amazing miracle that God did with a gift that the disciples said, what is that among so many people? What could that gift possibly do? And Jesus says, let me take care of it. So when they were satisfied that all eaten their full, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over. This is so significant. Gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. This gift was so precious to Jesus. This miracle was so sacred. He didn't want anything left on the ground. He wanted every morsel picked up and gathered. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. Now we think about our gift, and I think many of us even say this to ourselves, if not to others. We say, what good is my gift Among so many people, so many needs, especially when there's other people who could do it better than I could. What good is my gift? What can I do? How could I possibly serve? How could I possibly help? How could I possibly make a difference? You know, the day that we had the smoke and we decided to move the services inside, it was a Saturday. And I came down here and it was about 11 o'clock and I walked in to the commons right out there. And there were six or eight women playing cards. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I walked up to them. Rose was there. And I said, what are you guys doing? And they said, oh, we're playing cards. I said, in the house of God. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) You're not betting, are you? No, they said, we're playing cards. I said, oh, what's up? 
what are you playing? And they said, hand and foot. I said, oh, that's my favorite game. Can I play? And I didn't. Um, but I said, so what's going on? And they said, oh, we're just waiting for the leaders who are in the worship center. Uh, you know, they're, they're being trained for edge and for anchor. And we're just waiting because we're going to serve them lunch. And I want to tell you what that does to a pastor's heart. When not only is someone volunteering, but they're volunteering to serve the volunteers. Isn't that amazing? That these ladies were here not even to do the front line of training to minister to the edge and anchor kids, but they were here to minister to the ministers that were going to be ministering to the edge and anchor kids. I find that beautiful. I find that amazing. That makes me want to weep. And I got to tell you, I'm so blessed when I see you doing what God has designed you to do. And there is no gift too small. You know, these ladies might have got up that morning and said, God, how could you possibly use me? All I, all I can do is cook. Well, guess what? God wants to use the fact that you can cook and wants to bless people that are giving their lives to help in another way. And there is no gift that's not significant. And I want you to notice, I want you to notice that Jesus will multiply your gift. You may think it's too small. You may think it's not enough. You may think it doesn't compare. But Jesus can multiply your gift. And Jesus can use your gift as small as you think it is to serve thousands. He can. He does. He has. And he will. And I want you to notice, again, go back to this passage. I want you to notice that this gift was so precious to Jesus that he wanted nothing lost. You know, before God did the miracle, it was just loaves and fishes. But after God placed his touch upon this gift, which God will do with every single one of us, after God placed his touch upon this gift, this gift became sacred. And your gift becomes sacred. And I want you to remember, it's loaves and fishes, right? It's loaves and fishes. Your gift becomes sacred when you allow God to use it to build up the body, to encourage others, to do what he has called you to do in your area of giftedness. So I want to say to you today, don't ever, ever underestimate what God can do through you, even though you may think your gift is small. You know, maybe you just have a spare bedroom at your house and somebody needs a place for a couple nights. You have no idea what that, may, what that may do for someone, how that may bless them, how that may save them, how that may restore their hope. Now, I also want to say this on the converse or on the other side of things. Anytime we don't give our gift, something is lost in the kingdom. I don't say that to scare you. I don't say that to manipulate you. I believe this with all my heart. And it's not even that it was what the gift could do, but it's that you were to give it. And so there's something about you that's lost when the gift is not given. And I don't mean lost like salvation-wise. I just mean that the kingdom misses out on something because you didn't come forward with your gift. It's you that we miss. It's not even the gift, but it's, it's that God wants you to be used to do what only you can do. The biggest thing people miss out on when the gift doesn't get used is you. And that's number three in your notes today. God wants me to use the gift he gives me. God wants you to use the gift he gives you. When you use the gift that God has given you to serve and help others, that's when you become most like Christ. 
When you use the gift to serve and to help somebody, that's when you become the most like Christ. And that's why God wants us to use our gift. Let's remember, Jesus came to serve and lay down his life for us. Jesus not only had the gift to give us, but Jesus became the gift to give us. And I would suggest to you today that as we use our gift, as we become more like Christ, we even become the gift. We become the gift. Not that we can be Christ. We can't. But we become like Christ because we become the gift. Whatever it is people need with the hand of God upon our gift, we become the gift that they need. So that it's not just about what you can do or what you can bring, but it's about who you are. It's about who you are. And it's a beautiful thing when you bring who you are to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to the church, to the kingdom. And you allow God to use who you are to help and to serve. Beautiful thing. We're going to take a moment and we're going to close our time today with communion. And we're going to honor the one who gave himself as a gift today. And I want that to inspire you. I want to close with communion because I want that to inspire you. And I want you to remember that Jesus not only gave the gift of salvation, but he gave himself. So would you bow your heads with me as the worship team prepares to lead us in a song? And if you did not receive your communion elements when you came in today, just raise your hand and somebody will get to you. If there's anybody that didn't get some. So Ramona, Tracy, ladies. There's a couple right up here. Thanks, April. So Jesus, we bow our heads today and we thank you. Thank you for being the gift. Thank you for coming to serve. Thank you that you put yourself out there even though you knew you were going to end up on a cross. Lord, you still you still brought it. You still gave it. And Jesus, we want to be like you. We want to be people who bring it and who give it. We don't want to, to hold the gift close. We want to open our hands. And whatever our gift is, maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's to help. Maybe it's to give. Maybe it's to speak a word of encouragement to people that we would become aware and that we would we would use that gift freely. We would be generous with that gift like you were generous with yours. So Lord, as we celebrate what you gave us today and who you gave us today, help us remember that's what you want us to do as well. Let's worship. Let's sing.